Blog Talk Radio. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by the District Sports Page and FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Dave Nichols from the District Sports Page on the line, coming to you after a 6 nothing win over the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Nationals improved to 36-33 and on the year. Dave, uh, I guess we'll start with the big story. Max Scherzer, one hit-by-pitch away from a no-hitter. Coming off a 16K complete game shutout of the Milwaukee Brewers, seven and five on the year, one nine three ERA, two oh four FIP, ten point nine K per nine, one nine four two thirty two ninety five line against, and ninety three and a third, nine up and nine down on twenty six pitches, fifteen up and down on fifty five, fourteen scoreless overall at that point, eighteen up and down on sixty seven pitches, twenty one up and down on seventy eight. 24 up and down on 92 pitches. He gets up to 26. Jose Tabata leans into a pitch, gets a hit-by-pitch to spoil a perfect game. Max Scherzer stays focused, gets the next out. No hitter versus the Pirates. 41,000 in Nationals Park hanging on every pitch. Just an absolutely fantastic game. And as they like to say, just about as much fun as you can have with your clothes on. I don't know that I've ever experienced being let down by a no-hitter. Uh, but, of course, uh, I've never seen anyone lean over the plate and get hit by a pitch to spoil a perfect game with one strike to go left in that perfect game. Uh, You know, it's only happened one other time in baseball history where a guy has gotten hit by a pitch with two outs in the ninth inning to ruin a perfect game. But uh, there we have Jose Tabata wearing uh, armor from his wrist to his shoulder uh, clearly dropping his elbow into the, not into the strike zone, but to the corner of the strike zone to get hit by that uh, slider that didn't slide um, to ruin the perfect game. But um, but Scherzer comes right back, gets 0-2 on, on Josh Harrison and gets him into uh, to fly out to left to complete the no hitter. And um, and and you know you can be let down all you want by. The, the the lack of the perfect game, or you can be pissed off at Jose Tabata all you want, but don't let that reduce the joy that you should experience in Max Scherzer throwing a no hitter. I mean, this is only the second one in Washington Nationals history. I think it's like the, the fifth in in Washington baseball history. Um, it's just uh, uh, anytime somebody throws a no hitter, it's a tremendous feat. Uh, Scherzer. His last two pitching outings might be the two the two best pitching outings back to back by anybody uh, in the history of Major League Baseball. There've only been two no hitters back to back, Johnny Van, Johnny Vandermeer in the in the, um, in the 50s. But his game scores on those were in the uh, the 70s and 80s. He wasn't anywhere near as dominant as, as Scherzer has been the past two games, uh, striking out 26. And um, and today the Pirates, I mean, they only had uh, two balls that that were even threats to be base hits and. Um, really just one serious threat, and that was the ground ball in the seventh inning that um, that got through the shift with Danny Espinosa playing out in right center. He was playing rover on that one, uh, fielded it like an outfielder and was able to get the, the slow-running Alvarez at first base. So just a uh, tremendous performance today, a tremendous performance coming uh, on the heels uh, of just uh, just one of the best baseball games ever pitched. Um, and Scherzer is some kind of locked in right now. I thought it was interesting. Matt Williams, somebody asked what he thought about that hit by pitch, and he said, the last thing I'm going to do is go out on the field and mess with Max Scherzer's rhythm at that point. I know some people out there were probably looking for him to go and argue, but I don't want to be the umpire who has to try to make that call and keep a perfect game going by calling that a rare instance where a batter actually gets run or a charge with a strike for leaning into a pitch. 
Yeah, it's it put it's the, the umpire's in a bad situation there. He's damned if you do and he's damned if he doesn't. Uh, the onus yeah. on, on Tabata to try to avoid getting hit, and he didn't do that. I mean, he recognized that the pitch was coming inside, um, and he clearly, on the replay, clearly leans down as opposed to leaning away. I mean, he was looking to get hit because he's wearing that armor on his front arm anyway. So um, I, I'm not going to give the umpire that hard to, uh, of a time. Uh, that, that's, that's a tough call to make. The, 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 the quote after the game that I thought was, was particularly interesting when um, when, when Matt and Dan Kolko was talking to Scherzer on the field, uh, both of them covered in, in chocolate sauce, um, <laughs> Scherzer actually enjoyed um, the rest period there in the sixth inning when the Nats were – we're, we're rallying for five runs. They, um, everybody on social media was like, oh, you know, stop scoring runs and get Scherzer back out there in his rhythm. But he actually said uh, he was able to go inside, cool down, get refreshed, um, and, and, and felt stronger for those last three innings because of the rest that he had there. Yep, they had a one nothing lead on Bryce Harper's home run going into that inning. The Nationals really ran through the line there. Two outs, too, in the inning when it all started. Uh, Denard Span strikes out for the second out of the inning. Ball in the dirt. Fran- uh, Francisco Cervelli l- loses it behind the plate. Anthony Rendon doubles in the next at-bat after Scherzer reaches base. 2 nothing at that point. Bryce Harper singles to bring in Rendon. And then we got a Wilson-Ramos single. Ground out by Danny Espinosa to move. Harper ran Ramos into scoring position. Then Tyler Moore comes through with a, a opposite field single there. Matt Williams has talked about how it's a depleted lineup. They even got Bryce Harper back today, but still not at full strength for the Nationals. So they're going to need to create runs like that. And he said that what Max Scherzer said that he was able to go into the dugout, enjoy some air conditioning. He said he also changed his jersey just about every inning. It's about 90, 91 degrees here in the nation's capital, a really humid day. So, like you said, you'd think that it's the kind of thing where it's a long inning and maybe get him out of his rhythm, but the Nationals were able to string together there. Max Scherzer did say that it really just helped him out and gave him a break and gave him a cushion there that he could go out and just concentrate on what he was doing on the mound. Yeah, just, um, you know, just uh, you know, it's nice to see the bats, um, you know, show up for this one and, and be able to give him enough support that he can go out there and keep throwing strikes and, 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 and perform the way he was. And, you know, the Pirates had a very aggressive game plan all along here, uh, um, they they saw what he did last week. They saw how good he's been all season. Um, they were jumping on fastballs early. They were jumping on strikes early because they know if they get behind, um, you know, sure is going to put them away, and, and he did anyway. I mean, uh, um, it, it's interesting in both of these appearances now, um, he started racking the strike up, strikeouts up the longer he went into the game, and, and this was a case yeah. um, again today that, um, you know, they, like I said, they jumped on him early, and then uh, he was able to get into good counts and, and put him away, and just uh, just really sharp all day long. Overshadowed, of course, by what Max Scherzer was able to accomplish on the mound, but Bryce Harper comes back a day after missing just a day with what everyone feared would be a really bad injury to his leg. It ends up being a mild left hamstring strain. He takes a day off and is back in the lineup today. And, oh, what does he do? 23rd home run of the year, new career mark in 277 plate appearances after he hit 22 and 597 in 2012. Just unbelievable by Bryce Harper. Put one out on the putting green in Nationals Park. Max Scherzer gave him a shout-out in his post-game press conference. That, he showed, that shows you how much of a competitor he is. Respect that a tremendous amount. It gave him all the run support he would need, essentially, with one swing of the bat. But really impressive to see Bryce Harper not only – come back into this game when I, everyone thought he'd miss at least a little bit of time, but hit his 23rd home run, hit an RBI single later in the game. It's just kind of amazing, honestly. Yeah, you know, I, obviously I'm, I'm not there today, and, and I wish that I had been, so I was watching it on the television. But 
um, you know, the, the fourth ball of the game was it was a ball that was hit to the wall in right center, and um, Harper went back on it and made the catch. I thought that uh, he didn't look particularly comfortable getting out there and then jogging off the field. Uh, he was doing kind of like the old man shuffle there where uh, he was trying not to, to move his hips or, or his shoulders that much, you know. So it looked to me like he was still moving gingerly, but um, but then he comes up for his uh, – uh, for his at bat in the fourth inning, and um, it was a slider that did that didn't uh, that didn't bend on him, and he went up and got it, and um, and drilled it to dead center. I mean, that just kind of shows you uh, how much raw power that this kid has. Um, you know, considering that he's not a hundred percent, you know, his lower half is not a hundred percent, and he still had, uh, you know, he still had enough upper body strength to drive it 436 feet to dead center. Sure, there's competition on the mound. Francisco Liriano was coming off eight scoreless last time out of the mound. 12 Ks versus Chicago Cubs. 294 ERA, 286 fit, 176, 249, 277 line against uh, versus the Nats in his career. Two, the Nats had a 254, 325, 395 line against left-handers this season. Good for sixth, fourth, and fifth across the line in the National League. He started with three and a half scoreless before the Harper home run. Took him deep on a 1-0 slider. Span reaches on the error, and then the Nats racked up a bunch of runs, as we talked about there, to knock him out of the game. But he was good competition for Scherzer for a little while there before the Nats finally got to him and gave Max the run, run support he needed. Yeah, you know, I thought Liriano um, today was, was pretty good. I think he kind of ran out of gas there. Maybe he ran out of gas in the heat or whatever, but uh, um, was good up until that point. And hey, he's an interesting case study. You know, when he was a younger pitcher, um, I really thought he was going to be one of the all-time great lefties. I mean, he just have, has, you know, no-hit stuff, they, as like, like, like they say. You know, he was racking up big strikeout numbers. Uh, dealt with injury history for a couple of years and wasn't particularly effective once he came right back from the injuries. But uh, uh, the last couple of seasons, he's really kind of rebuilt his career more as a um, more as a as, I won't say a finesse pitcher because he still strikes a lot of guys out. But he's more of a pitcher as opposed to um, just a thrower up there chasing strikeouts. And um, you know, it, it's good to see um, a guy like that, that that suffered injury for so long be able to come back and uh, resurrect his career to be a you know borderline all star type of pitcher again. You talked about the play by Desmond in the shift, though, but earlier in the game, I believe it was the yeah, third inning all the way back there, uh, Michael Taylor, Jordy Mercer hit one almost out of the park, all the way out to left. Michael Taylor backs up to the wall, second night in a row. He makes a fantastic catch at the wall to bring one down. I didn't get a good look for it from where I was sitting, whether this one was going out, but just another fantastic catch by Michael Taylor there and some great defense. I, I dare say Jason Worth is not bringing that one off the top of the wall if he's out there and left. No, and I don't think Worth would have caught up to the one last night either. And uh, we kind of made fun of Taylor a little bit last night overrunning it and having to reach back on it. But today um, went right to the spot, uh, jumped up and and, and brought it down. I'm not sure that it would have left the park. I think it probably would have hit right at the top of the wall. But, um, you know, when you've got the athletic ability of Michael Taylor, why leave that up to chance and just go up and get it? And he did. And, um, again, like I said last night, um, the Nats right now are privileged to have um, a gold glove caliber center fielder playing in left field right now. Um, you know, eventually Taylor is going to be the center fielder of this team. Um, you know, whether you know whether it's next year at the start of next year, or um, you know, if for some reason they, they the Nets extend span, but um, I don't envision that happening. I think Taylor will take over full time in center field next year. But he's just um, a tremendous defensive talent. Um, he's still learning. Uh, um, learning to hit and learning to, to run the bases. He was on, on third there. Um, it didn't it didn't matter because he came home on the wild pitch, but um, there was a ball and while he was standing on third that he yeah. might have had a chance to score on, 
Um, it was uh, it wasn't a high fly ball. It was to, to medium deep uh, left field. But um, but he broke for the plate, thinking um, you know, uh, thinking it was on contact. He was going to score. I had to scramble back to third base to get there, and there was just no way that he was going to be able to run at that point. So I'm um, still learning the finer aspects of uh, of base running, but um, uh, just a tremendous talent for the Nationals to to be able to count on right now. Yeah, I was watching that play pretty closely to see what he did there, and he definitely thought that was a hit because he was halfway down the line thinking he was going to score there and then had to go back, and it just wasn't deep enough for him to score there. He ends up scoring on a wild pitch, though, as he mentioned, so not too bad a mistake there. I would definitely misjudge that one and should have been on the bag either way. That way he's going to score. He's quick enough that he can come in on that play, but worked out in the end. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, if you don't like Max Scherzer or for any reason before this game or if you didn't like him and you watched his post-game, I don't see how you could not like the guy afterwards. He was asked one humorous question about how he feels about having the first uh, baseball jersey in Cooperstown covered in chocolate syrup, which is kind of hilarious. He wondered how many bottles of chocolate syrup they ended up uh, pouring on him, and they came to the conclusion that it was around six of them overall, but more importantly, they asked at one point whether he ever uh, worried about what happened last time, about a bloop single falling in or something like that. His response, to, to paraphrase here, since I was just jotting it down in my notes, was why would I have a negative thought? The moment you have a negative thought, you get yourself in trouble, and the power of positive thinking uh, leads him to a no-hitter here. Apparently, unfortunately, he couldn't lead him to a perfect game. Uh, who, who, was, who was that back in the 60s that wrote The Power of Positive Thinking? Norman Peale, was that, was that the author? Um, yeah, sure. The few times that I've had a chance to, to interact with Scherzer on a, um, you know, in, in an in-person basis, he's just been real. He's been a real straight shooter, um, real positive energy type of guy. Um, you know, you, you watch the interview with with, with and Dan there after the game, and he was uh, the first thing he did was was give props to the Pirates about being a good team, and 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 Wilson Ramos for calling a great game, and, and gave props to Danny Espinosa for the for the play there in the seventh inning. It's just uh, um, it's refreshing to see a player play with joy. You know, so many of, of today's modern professional athletes um, treat it as, as a job, you know, strictly as a, you know, punch-in, punch-out type of guy. Um, even even the, the Nats teams, um, you know, Jason Worth is, um, uh, you know, can be prickly. I mean, he, he's a great teammate but uh, doesn't particularly like the media. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman's a real quiet guy. Um, obviously, with Harper, you, you get the brashness, and, and he embraces the media, but uh, um, gets a lot of negative um, from the stereotypes from from you know national media or from from other fans. But um, but Scherzer is just a breath of fresh air. I mean, he's a guy that just he, he he loves playing the game. He considers himself a baseball player, not just a pitcher. And um, by the way, he's had more base hits in his last two games than he's given up. So um, it's kind of testament to his baseball player philosophy. So um, yeah, just kind of, it's neat to see. Yeah, it, 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 it's nice to see him have the success. Um, you know, he signed a huge contract, so there's obviously uh, the inherent pressure on that, but he doesn't seem to be affected by it. He's just going out there and playing baseball every day and right now playing it excellently. Yeah, I was going to just mention, sorry, there are five-game hitting streak going as a pitcher, which is fairly ridiculous, and just the second time uh, – Andrew Simon from MLB.com, who I keep on quoting here because he comes up with great stuff on Twitter, noted that it was just the second Nationals pitcher to do it after Levon Hernandez back in the day. So really kind of impressive all around. And Matt Williams joked the other day that he keeps on talking about wanting to steal a base, too, and he has to talk him down off of that possibility. So uh, one more note before we get out of here. Ian Desmond out of the lineup again. Uh, when it was originally released today, uh, you know, Escobar has a stomach flu, so he was scratched late. Desmond gets back in there. But 
there's been complaints by a lot of people uh, with Davy Johnson and with Matt Williams about their willingness to keep on running the veterans out there and show the respect to the veterans by putting them out there even when they struggle. And I think it's really interesting what Matt Williams has done the last two games. He's kind of sat Desmond down and said, like, giving them time to collect himself, just get fresh, like a breath of fresh air and try to get back out there and do what we all know he's capable of doing and have seen what he's capable of doing. But what do you think about his handling of him? He ends up getting in the game today, but originally was sat out for the second straight day with Danny Espinosa, who's continuing to swing a hot back, getting the starters short, which is something you don't see too often from a manager. Right, and, you know, here's the point. Um, you know, he might be saying that he's doing this, you know, for Desmond's benefit and, uh, you know, trying to clear his head or, or whatever, but he's got better players right now to play at those positions. I mean, he's got the luxury of, of having Espinosa play short or even, you know, Escobar play short. Um, you know, he's got Anthony Rendon who he can play second or third. I mean, he's got a lot of flexibility there, and right now, um, you know, he, he's saying the right things to protect Ian Desmond, but he's also playing players that are playing better um, than Desmond right now, and he's taking advantage of that. And, um, and, and frankly, um, at some point, he's going to have to seriously consider, um, you know, the, the goodness of this team over um, any kind of consideration for Ian Desmond. If Ian Desmond doesn't start hitting, um, then he's going to find himself on the bench a lot more often than he has been. Yeah, and Matt Williams and Mike Rizzo both responded to the talk about uh, Trey Turner being down in the minors. Mike Rizzo kind of shot down former GM Jim Bowden's idea that he'd be up by August 1st, listing all the shortstops they have in front of him in the organization. But when you have a kid like that on the way up, Desmond on the way out, it's tough to keep running him out there. But I agree with you. There's some options in the major leagues, and Mike Rizzo even threw Wilmer Depot's name out there as a possibility before they turned to Turner at this point. But Ian Desmond continues to struggle. He's going to have a hard time getting in the lineup when they do have options like Danny Espinosa, who's an excellent defensive second or third baseman and can really do what Nationals need him to right now and what Desmond isn't doing. But we'll end the show there. Fantastic night. My first no-hitter in uh, live at a baseball game. I will say that it was a frantic last couple minutes because I had a, you know, for SB Nation stories, you have to write in headlines and little blurbs in about six places, so I had to get all the uh, references to perfection out of there before it was time to post the story. So it was a frantic end of the game, 41,000 people on their feet cheering every second of the last inning. So fantastic day at the park, fantastic game to watch all around. Max Scherzer, 8-5, and five, nine innings pitched, no hits, no runs, no walks, 10 Ks. 106 pitches, 82 of them for strikes. Fantastic game by Scherzer, a no-hitter. The Nationals win 6-0, 36-33 on the year. And that's nightly, sponsored by the District Sports page and federalbaseball.com. Dave will talk to you, hopefully after a series win tomorrow. Sounds good. Okay, says go Nats.